You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Runeterra. My name is Marco the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me tonight is the eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and Bits, how you doing tonight, man? Good evening, my friend. I, I just actually just saw a commercial that had the count on it. So I decided that that I was. I thought a... you were like imitating Vladimir for a second. To be honest with you. Well, he's like a vampire, and the and the count is also a vampire. Yeah, Vlad's a vampire. So yeah. so it counts. It's it's in the it's in the same family. Uh, oh yeah yeah yeah. No, I get it. I get it. I thought I told you. I thought his podcast on Vladimir tonight. How how you know? I've been playing him some, and we'll get to that. But that's oh really? Yeah, I've actually Vlad. found a fun. Are, are deck you a DBN playing Vlad Brom? Hey, I don't know how much. No, it has mine. Mine has not been uh mine has not involved brahm despite okay. dbn's absolute uh just affection and just gawking over the new brahm santa skin he has which we'll talk that. about too yes, yes 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 we'll get to that as well we're getting way ahead of ourselves we just, we just have so much we want to talk about on this on this episode yeah uh-huh 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 yeah there is a lot to talk about because uh a new set of cards came out this past week so if you have not been on LOR, a brand new set of cards, four champions, I don't know, probably what, like 60 cards, something like that. I, I, no I actually small legitimately pool. don't know. Yeah, yeah, it, it was a pretty substantial chunk of cards that, that got, you know, put, it's the, is it the second part of Bandlewood or is this the third piece of it? I think this is, is this the, because what, do you count, the, the event was a part of the, no, cause, yeah, okay, the so event. they had Bandlewood and then they had Jace. With the arcane, the arcane event, and I yeah, guess this that is Bandlewood Part Jace. Two. So there should be a third piece of the Bandlewood expansion, correct? I oh guess. yeah, definitely because we have not seen the Demacia champion yet for this set. We saw Poppy, sure, but we did not see the Demacian counterpart for Poppy and and several others. So this is the second of three pieces of the Bandlewood expansion. I got confused for a second because I yeah, just had in is. my mind that it was going to be done by the end of the year, but I guess some somewhere in the beginning of 2022 we're we're going to get the third piece of the Yurtle the Yurtle expansion before we're going to be out of, you know, Bandlewood stuff. No no new regions after this. We have all the regions in the game that we're going to get. Right. But I had to, I had to yeah. fact check myself. I went into the game and I went into the cards and I went towards the filters and clicked beyond the bandwidth. And I was like, okay, look for Ari, look for Pantheon, look for Rumble, and they're in there. Yeah, so it's considered part of the the, the Bandlewood expansion. You are correct. Yeah, yeah, it's part of Bandlewood because all of the expansions come out in three sets. I was just like, this should be the third set, right? Because this is the end of the year, and this is when we got the third piece of Target. Was like uh, mid December is when we got. I can't even remember who was out in the third in the third pieces of Targan. Was Shivana one of them, or maybe no? Shivana was. I think it was Aphelios. Was earlier on, no, Aphelios was the standalone champion that came out in the new year. Uh, Aphelios came out entirely by himself, actually. Um, and uh, I think Zoe was Zoe the last because the first she one was had, later on. The first one had Aurelian Soul and Leona. The second one had Soraka Tom Kench. And then I think the third one had uh, had Zoe in it with like Victor, maybe. Then, 
uh, yeah, like, yeah, 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 that's exactly. It was Zoe, it was Victor, and uh, and one other champion like Nocturne, that, that maybe? came out. Nocturne was early because that came out Riven. with. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking through them. Diana. I'm trying to figure it out. Anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's 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 certainly yeah, tr- tr- trying to remember the order in which all of the champions came out is is not not real easy. For some reason, I thought it was uh, I, I thought it was um, Frailyard, but it it was is definitely not Frailyard. But um. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had we had lots of uh, lots of new cards that came out though, and and certainly lots of new things to to talk about. Lots of new cards. To talk about. So what have you been playing this week? I mean, I'm sure both of us. I mean, I've been playing a good bit of LOR this week, so I'm sure that you have also been playing a good bit of LOR this week. You are not wrong. By the way, the one that came out, I think, was Lulu. I think that was like uh, the last one because that came out in the Target expansion. Gotcha. So I, I think that was it. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah and I've been playing print. Uh, playing uh plenty of uh lor this week uh I've, I've actually really enjoyed i think i think a right after an expansion comes out that's my favorite part it's it kind of goes in a wave for me so it's like it's like i'm really high on the game when an expansion comes out and then there's like a dip in it for me which is a like kind of about where we're at now where everyone is just strictly playing like usually one or two decks have emerged as the predominant favorite or or the predominant powerhouse yep. and everyone is playing only that it, as they're trying to like try hard their way to like plat or gold or diamond or master or whatever it might be so you, you're seeing like one deck like 90 percent of your games and then everyone calms down and then they goes back they go back out to like either playing a little bit of more stuff or it's given me time mm-hmm. to create off meta decks which is what i'm in now and then that's what stuff i stuff that counters yeah yeah counters and off meta and so like and that's what i'm doing the more people that play the game the faster that happens because the faster like like the busted deck of the particular set gets found right which at that point i'm like play it all you want to because if i find if i actually find a successful counter i'm happy playing it all the time um sure but, sure yeah but in terms of the uh the the creative side of things towards the beginning of the expansion i've had a lot of decks that i've created that i've been really happy about that i've been really enjoying um one of them in particular, I mentioned it earlier, um, was a Vlad deck. So I think I had a couple decks made by the time we had last week's episode and we talked. I don't think this was one of them. I made a Vlad and Pantheon deck that okay. uh, that basically runs the Crimson package because the Crimson package all target each other. And that counts towards Pantheon's level up. And also they're surviving the damage, which counts towards Vlad's uh. level up. And Vlad's targeting his own allies, which counts towards the level up. So, like it, it, there's a lot of synergy in that package. Also, a lot of sustain with transfusion and blood for blood and pale cascade and the the new uh, kind of buff spell that came out for for Targon. So there's and there's some really uh, so it's kind of an aggressive deck. And then it kind of ends with Captain Farron, who usually can close out any game he wants to. So been really loving that deck. And I also made. As I promised last week, I'm very yeah, proud yeah, of this. Yeah. As I promised last week, I took my direction with Kennen that I said I was going to, and I made uh, Maokai Kennen with the saplings, and I've made it viable. It's not really? just a mean like, deck. It's not, it's not terrible. No, it's not. It's actually a really good counter. So the the way that deck is is functioning, and it wasn't even how I intended it to go in the first place, it was more or less just for the sapling synergy is what I wanted. But there's a second card that I found is very potent to copy over and over again towards Kennen's level up, 
um, use a lot, utilizing that new uh, the God Willow seedling that. Recalls. Yeah, that card is it's fun. Very good. Love it. it yeah, you re- mm-hmm. recalls an ally, summons a a uh, ephemeral copy, and then two turns later, it gives you another one, and you still got the other copy that got recalled in your hand. So what I've liked to use that card on is Dead Bloom Wanderer. The three cost three two with life steal because you get your recurring life steal, so you're staying toward staying in the game, and you're extending it also it. tosses right it tosses three. That's the key. So you're essentially through the interaction of Dead Bloom Wander and God Seed Will a uh, God Willow Seedling across three turns if you want to, you're tossing up to ten cards. Like nine or ten cards yeah. in your deck. And then if you've got Maokai out, you're summoning him who is some who's tossing to himself, who's summoning a sapling, who when that dies, that tosses something else. Um so it's it's uh it's almost like a, a turbo mill. And a lot oh, that's interesting. A yeah. lot of these new decks don't work if they don't have their champions. So you live through one. It's got it's got some decent removal in it too, with Black Spear and um running because you have so many ephemerals running via the death mark. Mm-hmm. So with all of these remove there's got got some decent removal tools. You're getting to the late game or even just the mid game by the time you end up leveling Maokai and tossing their whole deck and the and the opponent's deck turtles because they don't have their champions. Uh, well, so. you know, I definitely did not think about. I never thought about using the recall and summon the the willow. I yeah, seed of the willow, or the god willow seedling. The god willow seedling. I did not think about using that to accelerate toss. That's a very. I I don't think you necessarily Mm-mm. thought about that at first I either, didn't. right? You kind of stumbled across it, but it makes sense because, um, I, you know, I was looking through and looking for cards that like would be really good with summon ability right like a really good summon ability that you want to get down you know multiple times um and you know i think honestly one of the best ones that we got actually came out in this set which has very quickly become my favorite card which is the sinen thousand tailed yeah Um, six mana three five so cool yeah when i'm summoned draw two and give all other allies plus one plus one this round um, this has become my favorite card in a set. Um, I, I just, this, this is everything that I want Ionia to kind of do in some ways. Honestly, this is what I want every deck to do. Like, I would love to, I, I would splash Ionia a lot of times for this card. I don't mind the 3-5 body, right? Especially if your deck is playing sort of like a tricky deck. And like, the ability to send this back to your hand and play it again. But the the God Willow uh, sapling or whatever it is, us uh, was that what it seed what did like seed of the God Willow, um like on this card <laughs> is any crazy name. because like if you cannot if you if you're running dry on cards like you drop this you play that on it like you get another copy of it it buffs your board it draws two more then you have it in hand you can play it again draw two more then this thing two rounds later summons another one draw two more. Like the ability for three mana to to basically draw four cards is and and pump some three five bodies out. They're gonna buff the rest of your board is really crazy. Um, and I have really enjoyed playing around with this card. This card's super fun. It actually has made me want to try um uh what's our our the landmark the uh, SI landmark that summons stuff that we always talk about trying to make work. Uh, Vaults of Helia. Oh, vaults. I thought uh, you were talking about the catalog of regrets. 
no, because Catalog of Regrets is spells. But this card works with vaults, so like you could you could yank this out on six with vaults and and buff your board and draw two cards. Yeah, you absolutely which could. is pretty cool. We'll uh, have to brainstorm cool. some decks with this this week for maybe a vault deck because I I have yet to try this six mana three five and I'm very interested in doing so. It sounds great. I mean, think about think about the the amount of times across the course of games that someone is make, you're making a deck and you look at it and you go, this has no card draw. I'm going to have to force feed three slots of something, whatever the factions are, force feed mm-hmm. three slots of something that is suboptimal to get any sort of semblance of card draw, even if it's going to be clunky and not ideal to play in whatever deck I'm building. This actually kind of fits quite nicely, especially for a faction that doesn't draw too easily. I mean, what's been... The alternative, outside of this, up until this point, Ionia's maybe had one option for for drawing cards, and it's the uh, that the three cost elusive, the Shadow Assassin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, summoned, yeah. There's not one. been a lot of draw. Like that's been really the only way for Ionia to draw cards. So for to have this, while it is a bit more expensive, it's got synergy with the game plan that Ionia is already doing. So it's fantastic it's well, like it's expensive enough and it's not resource generation for aggro elusive decks mm-hmm. um Great but point. it is some resource generation for some of the stall decks because ionia wants to play combo right because it's very rarely removing stuff mm-hmm. it's recalling stuff it's blocking and pulling your thing back to your hand it's very much like it's not tricking trades as often as it is just stalling your opponent's attempt to win the game Right. And sometimes, like, you just don't draw into the cards you need. And this card has helped me do some of that, which is which is pretty cool. And, you know, if you run it with Shadow Isles, you can seven get it seven. You can get the the seven mana four three that when it is summoned to the board, buffs your entire board plus two plus two. And it itself has elusive. Oh, the Windfair um, Hatchling. Yeah. And then you can actually go to eight now and in eight. Uh, you can get Desinata, which is a new one, um, using Vaults of Hell, yeah. Which, because when it's summoned, it's going to create that darkness in hand. It's going to get you to target all enemies and wipe some of the board and then go to Ladris. So, I don't know if Man. it's good, but it's interesting. You've got me it's- sold. I mean, just talking about it, like, this this sounds this sounds viable. This sounds interesting. It sounds like an abu- a way for me to abuse playing Miss Call and and make it sound like it's actually, like, a good reason to do it. When I really, I just want to jam Miss Call in another deck. Well, I tell you what, the one that comes before that, it, you know, there's another summon ability that comes before that too. Uh, the Ix, well, you have the Sentinel with Thousand Tailed. I, I was kind of curious, like, is there a good five drop um, that also has a summon ability? And I, I don't know if there is, but there's probably something out there between the combination of those two um, factions that has like a good, you know summon ability when it hits the board um i wish i so wish that ethereal remitter was summoned because that would be a really wouldn't cool that be ability. great yeah I, I think that would be really cool um yeah so i don't know you'd have, you'd have to you'd have to sort of fiddle around with it and find the right balance of stuff but um you know there's some there's some there's some interesting stuff there but either way like all of that and all that interesting stuff to say uh, what deck have you been enjoying the most out of out of the decks that you've played? If you had to pick one that's like, ooh, this deck has been really fun this this first week. I'm really glad I'm playing it. Is it that Vlad deck that you've been enjoying the most? Um, it's probably a tie between two decks. 
Um, I've really been enjoying that Vlad deck. I really have. Uh, I love that. And you'll enjoy this. There's a, another deck that I actually made earlier yesterday that I'm really enjoying. I made Ash and Jace. You know what? I tried to do that, and, and it didn't work fantastic for me, but I could see why it would work because you have Harsh Winds, right, that's going to work for both of them. Yes, but the main target for me isn't Harsh Winds. I mean, Harsh Winds is definitely in the deck with all the freeze. I mean, you end up ending the game. Winners something or other, the winner's breath. Yes, because it, it'll double itself. It'll freeze everything, and then it'll kill everything. With the Jace on the board, yeah. With, with leveled up Jace. Jace. But you have enough stuff to try to get him leveled up and then for that to go off. Um, and then you've got the um, the Wolf Packs, the Rhymefang Wolf Pack, um, the Den Mother on the back end with all the freeze tools to create a huge overwhelm unit that, oh, that's interesting. that will then kind of pump things through. Because you're free. Think about how many things you're freezing um, and frostbiting with Winter's Breath or sure. with, um, all of the, the Harsh Winds. So there's there's a lot of room there. It's just what I'm still trying to figure out is trying to narrow down some of the early game to it. But I've really enjoyed that deck. I think it's... I think it's a good counter Jeez, to a lot Ash, of the smaller stuff. Um, and I also went back to just, okay, I'll, I'll stop there just before I go on for deck after deck after deck. But <laughs> of what you've been playing. Yeah, I've, I think I'm closing in on pulling out an old favorite that is a really good counter to some of the stuff that we're talking about that, that, that's a problem right now. So, But we'll talk about that as we kind of get in, into the later of the episode. So what is your one deck that you have My... been playing? My... You know, it's really hard. So we we played um we played Ken and Yasuo at first, mm. um, called Ken and McAllister, because it was just, <laughs> you know, how hard can we make it to kill Kenan? Because you know, the you know, uh in home alone, the kid could never get caught, right? And so how do you get Kenan so so that he can never get caught? So, you know, all of your retreat recalls, uh, you know, your God Willow seedling, um, uh, your concussive palms and your stuns, your homecomings. And then Yasuo's with your mini morphs and your thousand tail carrot card. Your swinging uh, paint fun. cans, your your ice on the steps, your yeah, burning yeah, door handles. The, yep, all of those things. Um, fun. Uh, as it turns out, the 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 day or so, like this week, right? Like last week, it was super fun. I was winning a lot with it. Um, this week, not so fun. Not winning at all with it. Uh, only because the the meta has been a little bit more refined, so you're not seeing nearly as much experimentation. Um, and so now, like, it just gets really trashed by the deck, right? The big bad of this set. So what I played today, though, was super fun. I played Riven Pantheon. I've seen um, that deck floating around. I think it's really good. It might be the best way to play Pantheon, quite honestly. But maybe that or Taric. It's kind of hard to tell. So it's really, so one of the interesting things about Pantheon that I just did not expect is that Pantheon with shards can win the game early without leveling up. Very similar to how Riven can actually win the game. Because he is, if you give him, with Overwhelm and Faded, with Shards, if you can give him the Blade and he gets plus two, plus zero, and Quick Attack as well, he becomes very, very difficult to deal with. And he can just be kind of menacing and kind of win the game, um, which, is, which is interesting. This deck runs bloody business. I got this deck from Majestic Purple Buffalo. Um, so we've called the deck pur the Purple Buffalo. Shout out. Um, yeah. So, uh, but it's been fun. So I changed up a little bit of it. He did not have Rune Weaver in it. I inserted Rune Weaver and in, in dropped, I think, Might and something else. He, he said himself, like, God, he just has a guilty spot for Might. <laughs> but what became interesting to me was I was running into a lot of Yurtle decks. So I ran Reckoning in this deck because it's pretty common that you have 
you know, your Pantheon or your Wounded White, uh, White Flame, which is it's just insane, um, or your Riven, uh, or even like Blade Fragmenting on a Rune Weaver, or your Saga Seeker gets up above five. Right. And then your reckoning can clear, you know, most of your opponents go wide strategy. Because um, I was looking for a way to clear the opponents go wide strategy uh, without having to use Frail Yord, you know, Avalanche or um, Howling Abyss or not Howling Abyss. Um, Blade Ravine. Bladed Ravine. And because sometimes those won't do it right now because of not just Mare, but also Yurtle Explorer buffing the crap out of your opponent's or stuff. Or Yurtle Captain at four. Also buffing yes, things. Yes, yeah. Also buffing stuff. Or Poppy, also buffing stuff. Uh, these really wide boards are oftentimes sort of have a girthy back end to them, right? Like, they're, <laughs> they're, not, they're not, like, easy to deal with. Maybe about um, the best way you could have used the word girthy on the podcast where it was still yeah, appropriate. Pro- pro- probably the best way. <laughs> um, so this deck's interesting. It, it, Pantheon is its top end with the exception of Reckoning. Everything is four mana or below. It's a very cheap deck. Um, but it's trying to sort of push the win early with Riven or occasionally get, you know, Pantheon leveled up because it's, he very, he gets leveled up faster in this deck than I think he does in other decks because of your ability to generate blade fragments specifically. What gets Uh, me about Pantheon, because so when I, when the expansion. Shield Vault's really good too, by the way. It is. It's actually very deceptively good, especially when you have, when you're running it in Faded. Outside of Faded, it's kind of okay. But yeah, I faded is where it's good because faded's a plus two plus two and stun an enemy. Right. Like and so it's pretty good. What's funny is so when the expansion dropped, even just despite our conversation that we had before it released on last Wednesday, we were talking about who we were excited to play and what champions we wanted to 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 mess around with first. And I had my eyes really set on wanting to play Ari. I thought uh-huh. I thought her I thought her kit looked really cool, and I'm a big Ionia fan. It's the last thing I touched. I I ended up just looking at it, and I ended up running with an idea that I had in my head, which I also made that deck too. It was a Demacia based Pantheon deck. Okay, uh, yeah, that could work. Yeah, it was sure. it was like a Shivana and uh, Pantheon combo deck, and it worked. It's pretty it's pretty good. Uh, it's not great, but it's good. And I struggled to play Pantheon. I do because it's a mindset. Really? Okay. Every single time I play Pantheon, I forget that he has faded. So I'm so afraid to drop him on the board before he gets leveled. And I yeah. I just I'm like I forget that I can target him and buff his defense and keep him alive past him having barrier on that one turn. And I, I just am paralyzed to play Pantheon. So I am not a good Pantheon player. Well, a lot of people said, like, you want to wait to play him until he's leveled up. But what I found was he's just really hard to deal with on four. Like, there's so often that your opponent is turning on on turn four. And if you could drop a four two with barrier that could prevent your opponent from progressing his game plan, especially if you can then buff him the next round, because the barrier protects him, right? I think Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's like the barrier, the turn that you play him protects him. So you can play him on four with no spell mana. And figure, as long as your opponent doesn't have a ton of mana, which he doesn't, it's turn four, as long as he doesn't bank three spell mana, you probably, like, he's probably going to take up two pieces of removal, which is fine, or they're not going to be able to get rid of him, which is better. And then, next turn, your fresh mana 
Like, he's pretty hard to get rid of with the buffs that are in Targon right now. Yeah, I think um, I just need to trust him more. I mean, and I'm playing him in that Vlad deck, but I just, every single time I look at him, I'm like, I'm going to play two Crimson guys instead for the same amount of mana. And it, I just ended up waiting till he gets leveled up. But you're right, he's probably harder to deal with than I'm than I'm giving him credit for, even though he is that a faded ability champion. is is super strong. Mm-hmm. The faded ability is very 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 good, um, and he's like a time bomb too. Because when you do level him up and he goes off, then a lot of times keyword if he's been on city. the board for a couple turns, like not only is he getting five keywords, but he's also been buffed with like plus three or plus four plus four. You know, so, you know what I'll say? I would like to see Pantheon continue to gain keywords. Small change. I'd like to see Pantheon continue to gain keywords after he levels up when you continue mm-hmm. to target allies. Yeah, yeah. Because like after he levels and he gets, let's say, five or six keywords and he's well, on the let, board, I'd like to see him continue to gain keywords if you target a different ally or target him. Let let's talk let's talk about that when we talk about the actual because uh, we're gonna go over the champions in a bit we'll we'll, we'll bring up some of that stuff um I, we're we're I you and I keep getting ahead of ourselves we, <laughs> we're so excited about the new stuff so uh, I want to go ahead real quick though and say thank you to our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash/LegendsCast thank you for supporting the show you make all this stuff possible including our LegendsCast Discord League which if you have not competed in that yet you should there's gonna be a new one starting up in 2022 and I think we're gonna be putting some options out there for uh, league members to vote on. It's easy. It's free. Um, you play a match a week, and uh, and then you can win some money. So you win 50 bucks, uh, Legends Cast merch, and uh, a spot on the podcast to be interviewed. If you win, you can go back a couple episodes and listen to us uh, you know, interviewing Gangsta Bob, who was the last winner. Um, really cool dude. Um, but, yeah, so, uh, you know, go over to you know, patreon.com slash Legends Cast and, and check it out. Come join us on Discord. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into our segment, Two Champs in a Hat. Ah, the sweet smell of science. So Two Champs in a Hat, guys, we draw Two Champs in a Hat the previous week, which this time was like three weeks ago because of set release and stuff. And then me and Gibby have to build decks with those two champions, take them to ladder or, you know, unranked and uh, and see how they do and then come back. Um, this time we ended up playing with Shen and Irelia, and I'm curious, uh, Gibbles. I think you had a slightly easier time than I did with this. Uh, but tell me about your Shen Irelia run. How did that go for you? Sure. So I I started building the deck. I mean, the first thing you do is you slot Irelia and Shen in there because that's what you have to. And the nice thing about this was, and it was a bit unique from our previous two champs and hat, is they are both uh, the same faction, both in Ionia. So there is room. It opened up a lot more opportunity. Yeah, you, you, like. we could splash. You could go Allegiance if you really wanted to. And I felt bad just with the state of the game of what's common out there right now. There's a lot of Ionia running around, especially utilizing the Kinky Wayfinders. I didn't want to go. I, I Originally, I was thinking maybe I'll go Allegiance and maybe I'll run the Kinky Wayfinders and pull out a multiple can or multiple uh, like little one drops and stuff like that for like support stuff or whatever I'm deciding to do. But I went a different direction. I wanted to to mix it up a little bit. So the first two that I tried, um, I tried to utilize. I wanted to go use Sharima. I think Sharima's got some good some good one drops and it's got some good cheap guys that you can get out with all of the sand soldiers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I right. really it works well with Sharima, right? Right. Sure. Yeah. And, or just even just running, um, just some good on curve 
things that would 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 continue to keep a board control until Shen gets out there and can start giving barriers to overwhelm units like a ruin runner or uh, to some of the five call or five attack units that are in there, like a Bakai Sand Reaper, things like that, while you're giving something vulnerable, dragging it in, Shen's giving it a barrier, and it worked out okay. It was just a little hard to protect Shen. So I decided to go um, towards the Targon route, and I went all in on support. Now, I like the support mechanic. I have always loved support. I've One of my favorite decks of all time that's been in the game is Lulu and Tarek. And that was when support was first originally uh, introduced. And they, they like to sprinkle a support card in there here here and there. Like they, they the Frightened sure. Ibex or whatever it was came out like a year after the support mechanic was introduced. Um, <laughs> yeah, sure. But I, I ran a lot of the, the support stuff to begin with. And it's the same two factions, but I've never run support. Despite Shen having the support word, keyword to him, giving barrier, giving barrier to something, I've never run it run support with him. So I was interested to try this out. That's kind of where my head went. And it went okay. It's not that I think, I just think the 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 combination of Aurelia and Shen want to do so different things that it was really going to be hard to find a splash that was going to be a great fit. So finding a good fit for me was was a win enough. So I, sure. I mean, so it ran as you kind of imagine. A lot of the the typical uh, support cards. I had to make a choice because I didn't want to run nine one drops. Because so there's three very uh, very viable one drops in um, Flower Child when I'm supported. Grant me plus two plus zero. Uh, mm-hmm. Glade uh, Green Glade Caretaker when an ally gets barrier. Grant me plus two plus zero. That's almost a, a lock whenever you're playing Shen. And then the Frightened Ibex when I'm supported. Give me plus one plus one and my supporting al supporting ally plus one plus one this route so it kind of looks backwards and would help protect shen which is what i was struggling with in the sharima build so i went with the frightened ibex i went with the, the green glade caretaker um and then started running a lot of protection spells like key guardian pale cascade just to kind of keep things alive sprinkled in some uh uh some blade dance with a ribbon dancer as a two drop uh, and some kind of tricky spells like with Twin Disciples. And the rest of most of my units, like Young Witch, Tiari the Traveler. Um, I think Aurelia is actually the only unit I'm running. Uh, Aurelia and Sacred Protector, the seven drop that will draw you a Shen and give uh-huh, up your allies yeah. with the, the Shen boat, essentially. But outside of Aurelia and the Shen boat, all of my allies are um, support, have the support word so that way hopefully i can i can build really went hard yeah so hopefully i can build a board get one massive turn off with with um the the mountain sojourners at the front and just cascade supports all the way down and just build a huge board that's going to keep these these stats and it would be hard to deal with and i did have two games where that happened and it was i i attacked with mountain sojourners and all these uh, these support cards to the right Shen gave it's just funny because you're huge. running this deck, right? But the real payoff champions are it's like you played it without the payoff champions. Like you'd played it without Lulu or Tarek, which are the actual exactly. two payoff champions for supporting stuff, right? Right. <laughs> like you'd think that that's that would be the best way to play it, and it probably is. But well, sure. I mean, yeah, obviously, if you got rid of Irelia and Shen and put in Lulu and Tarek, you 
I don't even think you, he was probably a better deck. I don't even right? think you had to get rid of Shen. Shen actually flourished in this deck. It was fine. Okay. It was fine. I mean, because he was getting stats to buff and keep himself alive. Stuff stats that stuck around because he's got a decent defensive stat, so he's usually okay. It was more or less Aurelia was kind of the outlier that didn't really fit. I never leveled Aurelia. She did every now and then pump in another uh, attacker with some of the blade dance stuff or just give me um, a, a blade dance in hand that I could just get a, a little bit extra pressure with as I was trying to build my board and make them react and use their their mana inefficiently. So some of the blade dance stuff did come into hand or did come in hand uh, kind of useful, but it wasn't it wasn't important to the deck. It was more Shen than anything else. Um but Aurelia is scared. Everyone's so scared of Aurelia because what she's done in the past that they respect sure. her. And if anything, it was a distraction. So I liked it. Overall, I went two and three with my experience with it uh, and ranked. And I'm in silver right now because of the reset. So I went ranked in silver. I did run into several of uh, Ionia, Heavy, Kennen, and as as real decks. I lost to all of them uh, with this deck. Okay. But sure. I, I beat Lark with it which I wasn't expecting to. And I actually beat, it was a uh, LeBlanc and Ash deck I beat with Okay. Because they end up having to use some units that they didn't want to block with, and it worked out. So, um, yeah, overall, not bad, but I went the Targon support route. So it sounds like you did something a bit different. So where did you end up taking yeah. this combination? So at first, you know, you, you want to try to make them both work. Um, but with these two champions, like, they go very different directions. Uh, oh, 100%. Like, they just want to do very, very different things. Even though they're from the same faction, even though you, they're both sort of ninjas, uh, they want to do very, very different things. So, uh, so for me, I was like, originally I went like, I, I think I dabbled, created a deck with uh, Demacia, thinking maybe I could go Barrier and Blade Dance. But Blade Dance is really, really, really bad when you cannot buff the blades. Um, it just is. Like, what makes Blade Dance so potent is oftentimes that you're not just attacking with blades, but you're also getting sand soldiers, and the sand soldiers are getting buffed, and the blades are getting buffed by Azirs and things of that nature. So it just puts out, like, tons and tons and tons of pressure because of the frequency at which, you know, Blade Dance is attacking. So, um... So I went with, uh, but I didn't want to go with Sharima necessarily because I wasn't going to run Azir, and I think that I think that Azir is really important for that. Um, and otherwise, you're just running a shell that just gets rid of Azir and replaces it with Shen. Yeah, I mean, it's the same deck, but you just yeah. If you run the same getting... same support cards, it just that, that definitely feels unoriginal. Yeah, yeah. So I went with uh, I went with Bilgewater. Um, and I thought I'll run one drops, I'll run jagged taskmaster, I'll run monkey business, I'll run uh, monkey idol, and then we'll run Aurelia and Shen. And what does Shen do in this deck? He does nothing. Uh, but I also <laughs> really wanted to run uh, the God Willow seedling because I was like God Willow seedling on blossoming blade is actually pretty good, right? So I was like maybe I can run some of the recall stuff, it's a, right? It's a so great idea. Yeah, lead and follow, uh, syncopation. God Willow Seedling, like, can I get those stuff on Dancing Droplet or on Jagged Taskmaster or on um, Blade, the Blade, the two-mana Blade Dance, uh, Ribbon Dancer or on Blossoming Blade? 
so like I can repeatedly throw them out. It just didn't. It very rarely came together. This deck feels very. It felt very mana starved. Um, like it wants to curve out, but it also really wants to have spare mana. Um, in order to to get the blades out, it wants to activate plunder. But in order to activate plunder, the only way I was doing that was, um, you know, if I was getting, uh, you know, the ability to blade dance first, at, or get monkeys on the board first, and then I could activate plunder. So I think with some refining, maybe this deck would be better. I was running Green Greenglade Caretaker, kind of thinking like, well, then I have some Shen something in here. Uh, but I think, and they're one drop. So I was like, oh, they'll get the, the bonus attacks. It's like not a bad one drop. But I think what really needed to happen is like Greenglade Caretaker needed out, like Jagged Butcher needed to come out. Like we needed to really focus around monkeys and knives. Um, and then like maybe even running like warning shot in this deck um, to warning shot, uh, crack shot Corsair, um, things that were going to be able to activate my plunder for, you know, monkey business um, and my jagged, uh, my jagged taskmasters a little bit more often, um, you know, even running retreat return because retreat return is very good on jagged taskmaster, you know, like if you can get damage in play jagged taskmaster retreat return um it it was hard to find the plunder to necessarily make that happen i think if i if i had more time or if i had taken some more time to refine this deck it might have been able to to pull off a couple of wins um got I, I don't know like green glade duo was probably like a necessary card that i didn't end up running um because i didn't want to be a scumbag um <laughs> see but the same you reason know. that you didn't want to run Sharima is the same reason I didn't want to run Bilgewater is because I have that long-standing favorite deck of the uh, Beach Bonanza that DBN sure. made, and it's it's very similar to that. It runs the monkeys, and you run jagged. Uh, Was it the jagged Taskmaster to to buff all your one drops, and you just play a bunch of one drops, including some Saiyan soldiers and some Blade Dance and whatever it might be, and it felt. It felt too similar to me that I was like, I feel like I'm cheating if I play this. I feel like I need to come up with something different. It may not be as good, but it may be, but it'll be different. So I, I didn't run any of that, but it, I totally get why you, why you went that direction because it makes sense. It's a deck that functions well. Maybe not the yeah. Aurelia piece of it combined with Shen, but yeah, yeah, maybe Shen isn't the isn't the way to play it um at least not ideally but you made a deck that made Aurelia work pretty well with it and then I made a deck that made Shen work really well with it so we together we have we have accomplished the mission pretty well some strong language for what I did um but uh <laughs> but I'll just take it from you we'll just we'll just take it today uh, um. Mark and I have <laughs> have decided that in future two champions in a hat what we're going to do is because we after getting clobbered week after week on ranked and trying to really yeah. see if these decks are viable. What we're gonna do instead uh -huh. is we're gonna build the deck and then we're gonna play a best. We're each gonna build our own deck and then we're gonna play a best of three against each other. So that way we're on the same level playing field, and yes, we get to see some of the similarities and we can we can compare the gameplay of the other deck from the other side of the field. So quite frankly, we just feel like that makes more sense. So and we feel less bad about it because we don't get stomped so hard. So it's yeah, <laughs> it'll be it'll be more fun that way. The stompings do make this deck a little bit hard to play from time to time. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the two champs and hats can become pretty frustrating when you just just feel like, oh, my gosh, like I'm just 
pounding my head against a wall because trying to make these two champions work together is a near impossibility. Uh, and oftentimes it is like, it is just like, they're not going to do it. Like they're not, they're not going to be, <laughs> it's not going to make the cut. Hey, hey, know? hey, nobody said that we were trying to take these decks to masters. So no, I just made a couple of changes to mine that might, might make it a little bit better, but, but, uh, but people don't want to hear us just talk about two champs in a hat. They also want to hear us, you know, talk about our experiences with the, the new champions. So oh. why don't we jump into our next segment, which is, what are we calling it? The judge's seat? The judge's table. Do judges have tables? Yeah. Like think about like a gymnastics meet or like the Olympics. Oh, that table. I was thinking like a judge with like a grovel or a gavel, gavel, a grovel <laughs> <laughs> with a grovel with a gavel. Uh, so- like, sounds like, like a character on Sesame Street. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. Gro- the Grover. That's table. what I was thinking. It was Grover. Grover. <laughs> Grover. Uh, Grover. Uh, the Grover table. Okay, guys, this is a new segment we're calling Grover's table. This will be kept private. Uh, okay, guys, at Grover's table, uh, we do go through and rate. Uh, well, Grover, we just we don't even rate. Name we're just going to talk about name of the episode. <laughs> Grover's table. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the champions uh, that have recently come out and kind of our thoughts on them after a week. We're going to give them a one through ten based on like. One being not going to be impactful. You're not going to see any more of this champion after the first couple of weeks. Don't craft them. Um, a 10 being like, yeah, this champion's probably going to be so powerful they're going to get nerfed, so maybe don't craft them. Um, you know, <laughs> maybe you're looking for the in-betweens. Only craft We're going to give them a 1 through 10. Yeah, only craft 7s. We're going to go for a, like a, one through, a 1 through 10 rating on you know what we think about these champions. And I say we start off with the champion that we haven't talked about yet, the man in the jungle, Rumble in the jungle. Um, tell me about uh, what what are your thoughts on Rumble? After a week of being able to mess around and see Rumble played, what's your thoughts on Rumble, uh, Gibby? Sure. I'm excited to say that I have relevant and personal commentary to say about all of the champions because I, I had so do I. I had time to play all of them, which is great. And and the fact that they were also interesting to play was is is a kudos kudos to Riot for making them all intriguing to play in flavorful. So yeah, it's not very often that I play in the first week, play all of the new champions. Right. And, and I, I did as well. And, yeah. and, and uh, I think DBN hit around the head when he said that rumble was that he was right to be excited about rumble the most. I, I think that's what he was, was looking most forward to playing. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely. And rumble was really flavorful. He's really cool. And he's so unique. The, I was really not, I was not excited about Rumble because I'm not discard is not really my play style. It's not really the mm-hmm. way that I like to play. I've had some bad experiences, some frustrating opponent experiences playing against nothing but discard Draven or discard Draven Scion for for months, and I, it was just annoying. Just it, done with it, yeah. Because yeah, it felt like you couldn't do anything against it. So I'm like, oh great, we get another discard champion. But I'm happy to say that. One, I believe that I was wrong about saying that I thought Rumble and Scion was going to be a problem. It seems to be. I've seen the deck. I played against it, and it's good. It is to, what I would what I would put as B tier, and that's a sweet spot. It's fantastic. It doesn't have to be broken for it to be a good mm-hmm. a good deck. That it doesn't have to be broken for me to um, to wish it gone. Like it it's it's in a great spot. 
Rumble himself, though, I feel is very versatile. And that's that's something that I wasn't expecting out of that. He can be played with, I've seen Rumble played with Riven because Riven's creating the blade fragments. I've seen Rumble played in a, in a, a Targon shell with ditching um, uh, the, the gems. I actually uh-huh. played it in a shell with a discard with Jinx to to kind of get rid of cards uh, to level up Jinx. And that worked out relatively well. Playing it along with my favorite deck that I've played is along with Tristana, uh, just in a Yordle, just a Yordle Swarm package. Um, okay. Because he technically is a Yordle as well, and the Mecha Yordles as well count. So it, it worked out great. Um, there's a lot to love about Rumble. His, he, there's always going to be cards in your hand, which means he's always going to be relevant. He is not stuck in a mechanic that will fade away almost like something like a TK or a Soraka or um, I don't know, an Anivia. Like it, I don't know. He doesn't feel so shoehorned into one style that he's going to just kind of fade into the background. I don't think rumble will be rumble will be around. Um, and I'm excited for that. I love that you have the ability to choose how much you want to discard. And it, and that goes on to all of the rumbles throughout i think that was a very sm- i think that's interesting as well i thought yeah. that was very smart that it, it applies to all of the copies of rumble that are around um so i i think in terms of a rating i would give him like a six out of ten i don't think he's breaking anything i don't think he's even gonna show up in a top tier deck um like something that's an s tier or an a tier yeah i would agree with that i think he's probably in but he's probably in multiple B or C tier decks, and that's cool. And uh, they'll they'll be creative. There'll be a lot of new ways to come out. He's some, he's a kind of a champion that I could see an off meta or a counter deck uh, coming from him him involved. So I would put him at mm. six out of ten. I I think he's I think he's different enough from what the rest of Noxus wants to do in the Noxus champions that I think he's great. I think he slows slows it down a little bit for, for Noxus. So what are your thoughts on on Rumble? So I played some I played some Rumble uh I played some Rumble day one and um you know what I, I enjoyed him. Um I I didn't find him to be as strong as I thought he was going to be. He is he's a he's a great swing turn. Like don't get me wrong. He he is a he's a very strong swing turn that you do you do need to pay attention to right because um if he comes down but there's this but there's this other interesting piece with rumble as well where it says like he is that but you you do have to be careful and you do need to make like i feel like you still need to make good decisions with him like he's not just it, it's not just like oh like yeah this this is like this is what you do with him. He's like, there's gonna be points in which like you don't want to pick up the cards. There's a decision with, like, tree with him while you're playing yeah. him. Where there's you can make a wrong decision with Rumble in your hand. Absolutely, absolutely, and I I totally agree with that. So that is something that I've I've really enjoyed. There's gonna be times when you like you don't want to discard three cards, like because you just you're not gonna get value off of those things. There's gonna be times when he's totally menacing. And he's going to be really hard to deal with. 
uh, specifically because of Spell Shield. Like, Spell Shield is just, I I don't know. Like, the, uh, he Spell Shield is really hard to deal with um, with him because he's just so powerful with mm-hmm. the with what he has going on with his Spell Shield. Oh, absolutely. Shield comes down. Yeah. So I, you know, I don't. I think that there's, I think that there's engaging and interesting interaction with him. I like, I like what they've done with him. Um, and I, I, I don't know what was the number that you gave him because I'm, I'm trying to think of like what is the number. I that gave I, him a six I, out of ten. Gave him a six, and, and we're talking. Yeah, and let, let's be clear when we're talking about the rating here for for the listeners. We're talking about the influence that we think this champion has on the game. Its viability. Yeah. And so probably tied to power level and also just our enjoy. I mean, not necessarily our enjoyment. Like we can have an enjoyment or a lack of enjoyment with a character with, with a new champion and then be really high on the scale. If this is more sure. kind of tied to power level and their integration of the game and where they're fitting. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's probably a five uh, for me. I think he's a five. I don't think he's all that powerful. Um, I don't, He's very interesting because there's this Yurtles version of the deck that you can play him with as well, which is also very interesting to me um, because the 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 Mecha Yurtle version and not just like the pure aggro version, I think is an interesting version because it just never runs out of gas. And the Mecha Yurtles, there are some Mecha Yurtles that you can discover that are kind of a win strategy in and of themselves. Um, I mean, can we talk about how fun it is to create Mecha Yurtles in your hand? It is really fun. It's really, really fun. Mecha Yurtles um, are awesome as a, as a card. It's like Celestials Part 2. Yeah, it is, but different, but very different in, yeah. in the, like, it's, they're like a higher pressure, not like a wait till the end. Um, yeah, I, 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 f- I feel like, <laughs> I feel like he hasn't found his ideal place yet. I feel like people have not yet discovered what is the best location for him to be played at. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm excited to see what could be explored with him. So let's move on. Let's move on to Pantheon. What were your thoughts on Pantheon? Where do you think he's going to land in the meta overall? Is he, is he worth the craft? I think that rumble is, is likely worth creating. I, he's not going to get nerfed. Um, and I think that there's still a lot of opportunity with him, you know, out there. Sure. Yeah. So moving on to the next, as you, as you mentioned, uh, Pantheon, I think Pantheon is worth a craft. He's going to have a place in, um, as we already talked about, Pantheon's a relatively good finisher mm-hmm. in, in decks. And I mean, his, he, again, he, he runs off of a mechanic that is seen in every single region being that you you the mechanic of you targeting your own allies whether it's through spells or whether it's through um the fact that it's target your own allies does it work with support as well because no, does support target your own that. allies tested that okay does not i i just pulled in it was when i was creating that demacia deck i pulled in um the the cook whatever it whatever his name is the the yeah, war chef uh, war chef war chef i pulled that, in war chef. that's good to know i pulled in war chef on an attack against like an ai and i support use support on him on something and it didn't trigger anything for for him so does not work uh unfortunately but there's so many spells and targeting abilities on units that are printed in every single region that it creates a an openness for pantheon to be a win condition 
uh, as a late game drop, I think in a lot of decks. And that's that's a good sign for his viability as new cards come out mm-hmm. or as as the meta changes too. Because the way you the way I would I would I would worry about Pantheon being viable long term if he was kind of felt shoehorned into a region or two, because all the regions tend to, maybe with the exception of Shadow Isles, all of the regions tend to fluctuate in play rate. Uh, sure. over time sometimes some metas they're better than others certain regions uh, right now we're seeing a lot of ionia because of the new stuff and some of the the cards that are in it we're not really seeing um i don't really think we're seeing a lot of shadow i was not really seeing a lot of bilge water right so if he was a deck that was shoehorned into one or two regions we might see his play rate just disappear for a while and then maybe he'd, he'd work his way back in um I think Pantheon is around. He is a slower champion. He does take a while to come online, and his value can be good, can be questionable. Uh, if you try to drop him before he gets leveled, um, he's kind of can be hard to deal with. But if you've got a couple pieces of removal, or wait till after that shield drops, and then you've got a Mystic Shot of some sort, and they haven't really been able to buff him off of the Faded keyword mm-hmm. yet, he can he can be removed. That's my point. He's vulnerable. He's not overpowered. He's got some vulnerability and some weaknesses to him, but he's useful in in there's there's a there's a way to play Pantheon and have success doing it. Um, sure, I would put Pantheon slightly. I'm trying to think. I think I'm going to actually put him at the same level as Rumble. I think there's versatility, there's viability, but I don't see him as it stands now breaking anything. He, he the late game spells that are around and um just the amount of it, it, we're in a meta right now that that is a little slower i feel like outside of one or two decks right one or two decks are really heavily influencing the way that people are playing you remove yep. those two decks and you look at the what the rest of the card pool and the rest of what's out there assuming that that gets adjusted and and properly kind of nerfed down I think we'll go back to a little bit of a slower meta, and I think Pantheon will be just fine right there. So I'm going to give him a six as well, similar to Rumble. Giving Pantheon a six? Yes. Okay. And and maybe um, over time that will I'll, I'll change my perspective up or down on that, but right now I would give him kind of a six or maybe even a six and a half. I think he's slightly above Rumble in, in versatility and playability, um, so I'd go six and a half. Six and a half. Interesting. Um... So I I think that yeah so I think Pantheon is a little bit better that's mostly where I stand like mostly where I stand I think that Pantheon is a little bit better than than what we've seen um and so I'm going to go for me I think that Pantheon so the Pantheon deck that I played was that Pantheon Riven deck really enjoyed playing it and I'm surprised at how easy it is to level up and I think he is a little bit tougher than what I thought he was going to be. Faded is a much better ability. Honestly, I'm not sure if Pantheon is is as good as um I'm not I'm just not sure if Pantheon is as good as uh is wounded white uh, flame. Uh, but that dragon, <laughs> that two four dragon awesome. with faded is absolutely nutty. It's it's a completely crazy bonkers card. Shoot, Saga Seeker is nuts. Saga Seeker's insane. Like faded as a keyword is crazy. And like I think even when I was thinking about it last week, I was only considering spells. I was not considering all of the creature abilities that are able to target stuff. 
Uh, like, even the one that we have right now with the one that it targets one of your creatures, gives it plus one, plus one, and simultaneously is also going to, um, like, after it does that, it then oh, is going to silence oh, as that, well. That, like, that, that might that be my card, favorite. That might be my favorite card to come out of the new set. It's it's nuts. That is by far, I think, because that silence is permanent. Even if it's only a follower, like it's just a follower, but even at it being just a follower, it's still, it's very, very strong. So the blinded um, mystic. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the blinded mystic. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm very impressed with it. Um, I, and I think Pantheon's better. I think I gave Rumble a five. I think I would give, I think I would give Pantheon a six. Um, I would I would think that Pantheon is not tremendously better than Rumble, but is better than Rumble, is my thought. Yeah, so it sounds like we're we're about in the same place. Yeah, we're about in the same spot. I think that uh, I didn't have such a good run with Rumble. Uh, maybe you had slightly more luck with Rumble than I did, and and you know I think that causes us to think a little bit differently. Yeah, my it. my opinion of Rumble changes if he doesn't have the Wordle tag. That's that's where okay yeah Yordle tag definitely helps him. There's no doubt about yeah, that. Yeah, because my main success has come from that Yordle Swarm deck with him. But so if he doesn't have Yordle tag, then I think he loses a lot of viability. So okay, um, but yes, I think Pantheon is right there, um, but just kind of just above him. So let's move on to our next one. Um, we're gonna leave the probably the biggest conversation for last. Uh, so let's sure, let's yeah. let's move on to Ari. Uh, Ari is a new two-cost champion to come in uh, to Ionia. What do you think about Ari? Have you played a lot of Ari so far? Um, I have played a little bit of Ari. So I played three cannon, one Ari, and then uh, two copies of three cannon, one Ari, and then two copies of Yasuo in my Yasuo deck. And I will say this, Ari is definitely, is actually harder to level up than I thought that she would be. She doesn't, She's not going to level up, like, right away. Um, she's a little bit tougher to level up. You do have to build around Ari more than I thought. When I first saw her come out, I was like, oh, like, this like this is just going to happen. Um, but that isn't – I don't think that's the case. Like, I think it, she's, she's a little bit harder to level up than my original opinion of her. Um, it's so hard because I've only ever, like, leveled her up a couple of times. And she's really interesting because you have to be really careful about your ordering. Because she moves down the line. And, and sometimes there's stuff that you don't want to have recalled to your hand. <laughs> and and if she levels up at the wrong time, like, that can really suck for you. It can, can be really bad. Um, so, I yeah, I, I've, I've had a tough time, honestly. Had a, I've just had a tough time evaluating Ari. Because sure. she's very cool in, in a lot of ways. She's super cool and super strong. And, uh, like, she can combo in a way that's just sort of nutty and, and, and like, you're like, oh, man, like, what, what am I going to do against that? Like, how am I supposed to beat that? Because she's so elusive and, like, so hard to deal with. Mm -hmm. And then at other times, she's also, like, you can mess up playing her really easily. And you totally have to build around her. Like, you cannot get away with not building around her. Um yeah. So yeah, I just have I have really mixed feelings about her. It, it's so she's so hard to evaluate because it's like I feel like she was supposed to go with Kennen, and I feel like with Kennen, she would have she would have been fine. But Kennen is so good with something else instead of her. That's the thing. And so if this has nothing to like, do with Ari. Ari is yeah. the right perfect fit for Kennen. 
they are. I'm, I evaluate it the same as um, uh, Vigar and Senna. Like they 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 weren't so shoehorned in together. Maybe they kind of are because of the recall stuff. They're further pretty shoe, shoehorned in together, but the recall aspect of it seems to be a little bit more flexible. It's, I mean, the darkness got influenced, got got brought into the game, and it was like its own separate thing. And there was only two champions that really ran off darkness, so they are like over in the corner by themselves, and they will forever be over in the corner by themselves unless they add more sure. darkness. But the recall mechanic is a bit more flexible, and it running off of like these cheap these cheap spells. So. Ari does feel right with Kennen, but I think there are other places. You're going to have to run, I feel like, a decent amount of recall package out of Ionia, regardless if you want to play Ari. But there's room for, for, other, for other regions to kind of come in and, and, and swoop in and provide some, some supplementary value. Oh, she's very Ionia dependent. Yes. Like the predominant amount of your deck. Like you can't play her without da- Dancing Droplet. Like Dancing Droplet is sure super good with her because... If, if you can get her going on dancing droplets, you just never run out of resources. And that's one of the interesting things is like, what do you use her to recall with? What don't you want to recall with? Yeah, I mean, and and it's it's interesting. She's kind of got this weird balance because, I mean, so there's that one, what is it? It's, there's, there's, an, there's a follower in Ioni that says, recall everything but me, which, uh, which is like a powerhouse. Is that singular will? Is it a spell? Um, oh, that it's it's a re- that's a really high cost spell. You are right. There is one, but I thought there was a follower as well that said like recall everything but me. No, singular role reads pick an ally, recall all other units and landmarks. Gotcha. It's a ten mana slow spell for my own, and I really want to make it work. By the way, <laughs> yeah, like I I think that would be a really cool. No, the two drop when I'm summoned. Recall all other allies, or it's a three drop. Solitary monk. Oh. Yeah, okay, Solitary Monk, yep. I th- I knew there was, uh, which used I knew there to be was a three-mana 4-3 four, three that was really bonkers. Yeah, but. I was like, I knew that there was another there was another card in there somewhere. But Solitary Monk, like, it's it's a trade-off because if you played Solitary Monk and recalled a bunch of stuff, a bunch of cheap stuff, okay, you've leveled up Ari, but Ari wants things to be on the board so she can continue to move across the line as she attacks and, and get huge uh-huh. value, but you don't have things on the board anymore because you recalled them all. So it's going to take time for you to build that board back. So it's... She's got some value. It's almost like she needs some setup. And it's either you set up gradually or you do it all at one time in one big swoop, and then you have to take time to repopulate the board so that way you can get her value and hope things live. So it just it it's kind of yet to be seen really where she's gonna fall because we don't really we're not seeing her with how what she's properly meant to be used with yet. Mm-hmm. Um I actually do want to build a deck with her and um, maybe something. I think I think I'd want to build a deck with her and Zed, and I want to splash Sharima because if you run the Emperor's Dais and you attack with her, it's gonna summon the Sand Soldier to her right, and then she'll go across the Sand Soldier. So you can always guarantee that she'll come across something. Yeah, that would be an interesting way to play her. So I've I think there's a Sharima build in there, uh, to 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 mess around with. So um. I, I I think she's good. I think she requires a bit more setup, but she's potent. That level up is killer, man. It is really hard to do. It's just it's not it's 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 dude. It's such a hard champion to evaluate at this stage. I agree. And to like say this is because I want to give her a five, but I also want to give her an eight. I'm saying. Then I'm way. like, but does she need a three? 
Like, because will she ever actually, will she actually see any impact on the meta just because her champion that she was supposed to pair with is better paired somewhere else? Like, it's like Zed. Like, think about it. It's like Zed. At one point, Zed and, um, oh goodness, why am I blanking on her name? Uh, the, the five drop shielded lady from Sharima. Uh, shield, a spell shielded lady, yes. you mean? The champion. Oh, uh, Sivir. Yes. I was like, so Sivir. Sivir and um, Zed were bonkers for a while. They were they were meta warping, and so like he was in like an eight or like a nine at that point. But there's been times mm-hmm. where he's been non-existent, kind of like now where he's like a three. So I I get it. He's kind of all over the place, and I feel like Ari is the same way. He's yeah. a little bit maybe a meta dependent. I think I'm gonna all of that to say really fun. Like yeah. super fun. I think I think I'm gonna give her a seven. I I okay. I think that on average, after things calm down, she's pretty strong. When I look at the what she can do and the amount of recall tools that are out there, I think she's pretty good. I'm gonna give her a seven. To me, I think she will uh. always have at least like there's the possibility that she is in an A deck or maybe even a top tier S deck maybe more often than I think a Pantheon would be or a Rumble would be. So I, I think her ceiling is higher, and for that I'm going to give her a 7. I I just I really feel like Ari is kind of pigeonholed into a couple of archetypes. um, And I think I'm going to end up on a 5 with her. I think I'm going to end up with her in Rumble's spot. And I might be a 4. And that might be insane. That might be insane. But I just don't know, like, the massive impact on the meta that she's going to have um, in a couple of weeks. And I'm, like, hesitant to say that that impact... I'm hesitant to say that we're going to feel her presence more than Rumble or Pantheon in a couple of weeks. Um, And I'm open, of course, to being wrong about that. I could be completely off base. Um... But yeah, I, I I think I'm I think I'm somewhere between a four and a five on her, which is a hot take, and, and it's probably wrong. But that's where I'm at. I, but I, the last champion, the what, last what was that? one. I was, I was like, I don't necessarily think one. I think your your thought process is valid. And while we may have ranked her differently, I think both of our 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 thoughts as to where she could be now is, and you're right, she's very hard <laughs> so to judge hard. yet to be seen. But we both could be right. So hard, we both could be right. But yes. Um. By the way, I did craft a, a golden pantheon. Ooh. He does look really good in gold. I'm not going to lie. And this last champion, I also crafted a golden version I of. I did, which too, because I was told to. Oh, who told you to? I I decided, I got bored, and I went to our Discord, and I was like, first one to comment gets to tell me what champion I should craft in gold. And guess who it was? It was DBN. Cannon. DBN. Oh, DBN told you to craft DBN Cannon. popped in. He was like, me. And I was like, okay, hey, best friend. How's it going? And he he told me to he told me to do it on a champion that I already had. I think he said uh, Viego, but instead I already have Viego in gold. So he told me to craft this next champion, Kennen. Yeah, let's talk. So, Kennen. yeah, let's talk about Kennen because Kennen was very obviously. DBN even said last week, I can just see this character being abused in a lot of different directions, and it was. So and it was. I have to say. I particularly today, I went back and listened to what we talk about, what we talked about last week for Canon, just to see uh-huh. who who was right or how right were we. None of our conversation 
we were right in spots in saying yeah. that he was going to be very strong. You were right that his spell that he creates that sticks around the little mark of the storm, yep. whatever it is, if the fact that it sticks around was nuts, great call from you. Um, I pointed out the Kinku Wayfinder piece of things, which has been bonkers and it's been really predominant. So yeah, credit to me. Crazy. And I think DBN's overall assessment about how Kennen was going to play was right. Was yep. was probably the most accurate of the three of us. But none of us brought up the conversation about how he was going to combo with Ezreal. And mm-hmm. for everyone who hasn't been playing ladder, Kennen Ezreal is running is running amok is running rough shot over anything anyone can create. It's so strong being when you get Kennen leveled and it's not hard to get Kennen leveled. Very easy in this deck. There are in in his in this deck in a lot of decks, it's really not hard if you're playing some of the the kind of efficient recall tools, especially the the Godwill of Seedling. Like it's not hard to get 5 copies of whatever card it is you're trying to get copied to get Kennen leveled because it doesn't even have to be Kennen playing five copies of a card doesn't have to, you have to be five copies of Kennen to get nope. him leveled. So there's a flexibility in that. But if you do play multiple copies of Kennen and you're marking a bunch of stuff, once you get him level and he starts creating marks more frequently when he is attacked, when he attacks or summons or is blocked, the combination of the marks of the storm and Ezreal leveled up, well, one that works towards Ezreal's level up, but two, Ezreal leveled up, and every time you're marking something, he's firing mystic shots at face, is insane. It's so yes, it insane. Is. And it's almost, it feels almost impossible to beat. And it's a big part in, in thanks due to Kennen and what he creates. Oh, Kennen's, Kennen's crazy in this day. His, his body and presence on the board really isn't even the scary part, even though as a one drop three, a one cost. 2-1, and then leveled up 3-2 on board. I mean, a one-cost elusive 1-1 one, one in Zoe is always annoying and, and hard to deal with. You give a one-cost 2-1 one with quick attack, which eventually, essentially feels like elusive because rarely do people have things that they can block with him by the early on in the game. He's just as menacing, and if anything, he's got a stronger late game up until he gets, like, like Zoe would get leveled and start distributing keywords to everything. But I'm comparing them because they're one drops. But Kennen is so scary and flexible. So the interesting thing about this deck is it only runs, it runs two champions and three followers. Eye of the Dragon, Shadow Assassin, Kinku Wayfinder. Just trying to draw cards, get your Kennens on the board, stay alive. Um, that God Willow Seedling card, nutty in this deck um it's the first deck i've ever seen competitively run the one mana fast speed recall um it is one of the only decks that i've seen intentionally run sonic wave um and it's just cheap spells played fast get cannon leveled get ezreal leveled get a ton of these burst things in hand it's even more interesting that cannon is technically ionia but he's also bandle city this so your two champions could be considered Bandle City and PNZ and every other card in this deck. The entire deck is Ionia. So the only time Kinku Wayfinder misses is if you hit an Ezreal. That's it. Everything in this deck is is Ionia. Um, and it is 
it is it's quite it's quite the deck it's it's just hard to miss like you mulligan hard for units because everything else that's going to come with it that's not a unit unless you draw some absolutely absurd dumb hand where you got nothing but units which almost feels impossible in this deck is going to help Ezreal or it's going to who's already got protection built in by having uh by having elusive or it's going to help Kennen who wants to be recalled and protected so he never dies and in the meantime you're just playing a bunch of spells that the, the that the um the dragonling uh creator is mm-hmm. is just creating two ones that keep you healed and keep you in the game so it's yep it's a creative deck, I'll give you that, but it is it is nutty. And Kennen It does is I think nutty. it does take creative thinking. Like like you you have to make the right choices. Yeah, it takes a, it takes deck. a skill pilot. Yeah, it, I don't I haven't actually played it yet. I'm probably going to uh this week. I'm going to check it out and, you know, see if I can climb a little bit on ladder with it, see what it kind of plays like. Um Yeah, it, it's it's definitely going to be a deck that I, I mean, I don't know. I think this is going to get nerfed. Like, yes. when I look at it, I think this deck is probably getting nerfed. Now, right? here's the like, question, because we're talking about Kennen, right, specifically, um, as a part of this this judges table, our, our, our grovel, gravel table. Um, uh, do you think Kennen is the problem? I don't think so. I, I saw a lot of people today talking about, like, oh, like, Tana needs to be two mana. His spells shouldn't cost zero. I I think that I think you might. I think if you do either of those things, maybe Cannon it two mana isn't a bad thing, right? Um, maybe Cannon it's a one one elusive instead of a two one with first strike. Maybe that's not a terrible direction to take him. Um, maybe there's some things that you can do to him. By the way, guys, if you're gonna rate, if I'm gonna rate, it, it, this is another one that's hard to rate because. Ezreal, Ezreal is what ultimately is the win condition for this deck. Like, Kennen isn't actually winning the game. Kennen is creating the opportunity for you to win the game with your Ezreal and uh, and reliably win the game with Ezreal. So I, I think that's, yeah, that that's what's interesting. So I don't know. I think that Ezreal remains the problem. Ezreal has been the problem many times in the past. It's no new news. Ezreal's been... Up in mana cost, down in mana cost, up in level amount, down in level amount. Maybe not mana cost, but what it takes to level him up. You know, more than one time. Like, he's been all over the map. Yeah. Um. So, he's he's historically been a problem. It's no surprise that he continues to be a problem. I don't even know how you rework Kennen, to be honest And I don't you. think you... You talk about re- rework Ezreal? I'm sorry, yeah, rework Ezreal. Yeah. Like... We asked DBN to give his ratings. He said Kennen a nine, Ezreal a seventeen and a half. Right, like, <laughs> and like that was the problem. He's that Ez- right. Ezreal's the issue. And it's, I agree with DBN. I think I think I'd put Kennen at a nine. Um, I think Kennen's great. I think he's flexible. I've said that about all four of the champions, which I think is is to me a sign in the right direction in terms of from a design perspective that they're making them flexible. While there are some other questionable aspects. Um, as champions come in to the game with some of the interaction they have with other champions, like this one, like with Ken and with Ezreal, it's and maybe it's becoming um, increasingly harder to predict as the as the card pool continues to grow and as the champion pool continues to grow. 
Sure. It might just be really hard for the for the riot team to really cover every interaction and every basis and know what's going to be hard and prevent these broken combinations. As long as they're willing to take act, take action on it after after things come out and listen to the community, I don't have a problem with it. So yes, we're in a period right now where we're seeing nothing but this deck. As long as they fix it, I'm cool with it. Um, but Kennen himself is great. I he's a one drop that is flavorful. He is uh, creative. I like his mechanics with the Eye of the Storm. Apparently, it's very, or Mark of the Storm, it's very true to the LOL uh, canon with his with yeah with yeah, his, I, with his I abilities in his pack. I I don't have a problem with him. I think once this dead deck disappears, I think Kenan and Ari will come up and they will be a tier. But I'm okay with that. I don't see a problem with it. There's allegiance cards for a reason, and I'm happy to see an, uh, something finally being run in being run out of an Allegiance deck. That's, I mean, we're seeing Yordles do it a little bit, but when was the last time you saw an Allegiance card really run effectively and be top tier? I, I, can't, uh, I can't think of one. No, certainly not recently. Right, so, I mean, Mistrates maybe at one point, like a while ago, but I, I think that this is cool, that, it's, that there's a deck that is mono out there, and it's unique. And do I wish that it didn't exist because the power level is so high and I blame Ezreal for that? Yes, I do. But I would <laughs> yeah. but I would but in the you take away this you take away this deck, I would love to see Ari and Kennen have a more of a spotlight and run it in that package because I think that I don't think that deck is broken. And I think it'll highlight a little bit better really what Ari is and really what Kennen is, or even Kennen Zed or Kennen something else. I, I I really like Kennen. I think he's a great champion. I think his kit I, is I cool. I do too. I it think Kennen sense. is very cool. I think it makes sense. It's really cool. I give it a nine because I think he is good and he has a place. And from the early one drops, especially the one drop champions, I think he's the most powerful of the one drop champions for sure. So he kind of already gets a bump in rating in that. But I don't think he's broken. I think I don't think he's to blame for this. Okay, so what rating would you give him though? Like, if, like a nine, I mean, you like a nine or a nine and a half. I'm right in line with what DBN said. A nine or a nine and a half. Yeah, I mean, I think nine is probably a little too tuned. Like, if I'm honest, I think nine might be a bit much. You think? Uh, I, I, I think maybe that's too high. I think maybe that's not the healthiest place for a game, like a, a champion to oh, be. Oh, so you're saying he shouldn't be at it? So you, so you're saying that. If he is a nine or a nine and a half right now, he shouldn't be. And that is that is cause for tuning down. Yeah, I, okay. I think I think you could see Kennen be tuned down in some capacity, and I don't think that that would necessarily be bad for the game. Yeah, if, if a patch came out and he became, as you suggested, a one-one, or if he became yeah. a two-cost two-one, kept all the stuff stuff the same, it wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't I wouldn't balk at it. If you if you nerfed him slightly. Just had a fear that he could become a problem again. As long as you take Ezreal and punt him into oblivion, I don't care. <laughs> get rid of get rid of Ezreal for good. Yes. Um, Send him into a different dimension. Yeah. It. It. it yeah. I. So I. I think that. Yeah. I think that he breaks Ezreal. There's so. It's so hard because there's so many things that do break Ezreal. Right. There's so many things that have broken Ezreal in the past. There's so many things that break Ezreal now. Um, I, I think that this deck almost certainly is going to get changed. Like, I don't, I don't see this deck sticking around 
forever. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that you're going to see some sort of an adjustment. It has sort of taken the meta and everything by storm already. Um, if Riot learned anything from the way that the community reacted and how things went downhill when Azir Aurelia was running rampant, I expect a pretty swift change. Yeah, I would think so. I, I, I would I would hope so. I think they probably lost a lot of player base. I think they lost a lot of content creators because of how long Azir Aurelia was able to stick around. And this doesn't break the game in the same way. Like, this at least breaks the game in a way that we've seen it broken historically. Um. And it's not but, the fault of the new stuff that came out, too. Yeah, no, it's not the fault of the new stuff that came out. It's sort of the combo nature of Ezreal and how easy it is to pull off his combos at specific junctions, right? That he just becomes... Honestly, if you do make Kennen two-cost, even if you made him a, a two-cost 2-2, two, two, gave him one more health, if he cannot be pulled out by Kinku, like, that makes a big difference. Oh, right. It really does. I mean, I, I didn't think about him becoming two cost really would or eliminates that possibility. It slows down the combo mm-hmm. a lot. Uh, the Kinku is the thing that speeds up the combo here a lot. And perhaps you can nerf Kinku and you can leave Cannon and Israel exactly how they are. And Kinku can pull out one drops that are not champions. Because sure, he can pull out Kennen and he can pull out Teemo, but who really cares about Kennen, Teemo, even like two Zoes? Like nobody cares about that. Those are never good. It's it's <laughs> not good. It's not good how it is. Like normal, it's busted in this deck. I would probably just take Kinku, make it so that it can only pull uh allies and it cannot pull champions. Probably call it a day. Yeah, I think that's fine. So Yeah, you know, I think I think that's where I would be with it. But um, well, that's going to that's gonna do it for that conversation, right? So we should probably move on because we have a, a winner for deck name game this week. It's about time I've gotten to run deck name game. It's been too long. Force is meaningless without skill. All right. So for deck name game, uh, I looked through. I mean, this is a perfect time, right, to run deck name game. I'm doing tons of decks. I'm of doing deck our Discord, week, our Discord server a, uh, a disservice if I don't run deck name game after an expansion comes out. With I mean, I've I more than anybody might have been in in deck tech and deck name game throwing just random whatever come pops in my old head uh, into into those channels, and I'm happy to see other people are doing the same and experimenting. Love the experimentation. I was also flattered that somebody yes. said in our Discord, I didn't get to comment on it, but I did see it, whoever you were. Um, someone suggested that I should change my icon in Discord to Heimerdinger because of all my experimentation. Yeah, it was of, a good suggestion. But I was like, hey, I think I've did a, I think what I've got is, is is accurate. It's the Funsmith. Funsmith is a good one, but Heimerdinger is is a good option as well. Yes. So maybe maybe I'll maybe I'll get the uh, the initiative and and I'll uh, I'll change it over. But for what we've got in uh, our Legends Cast deck name game, if you're unfamiliar with deck name game, it's a channel that we have in our Discord server for Legends Cast where the the idea of of the channel is for you to go in there and post whatever kind of kooky creation you've got going on. Uh, that you have created yourself. And it doesn't have to be a top-tier deck, but something, it can be a no. meme deck, but something that you've enjoyed playing. Uh, some people like to give uh, some descriptions about how the deck plays or what their inspiration was for coming up with the deck or the name. And you're supposed to just give a really good, creative, fun name to the deck. And uh, maybe like once every other episode or once a month, we'll come in here and we will pick a deck 
to be chosen as our winner for deck name game that either has the coolest name, coolest theme, whatever it might be. And that winner will get to tell me what the next champion is that I am going to craft prismatic. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I've been doing that for the past couple of times. So this, I, I did not know I think that. This be the second or third time that I'm doing this. Um, okay. Actually, think if I remember it, I think Gangsta Bob was the last one who got to tell me what to, what to craft. Um, so this, Hey, you learned something new. I, 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 I was, I was unaware. Yes. Yeah, so this week's, uh, winner is going to be none other than longtime uh, fan of the show and active member of the discord sick summit, uh, sick summit. And I yes. are, he is my partner in crime. A lot of times when coming up with, uh, creations, whether they work or not. I mean, I know that there's the, uh, the, the coattail matriarchy and I've tried last patch to make work and we couldn't but I think he's been brewing up something spicy with that. So he put a couple options in there, and I'm going to choose the one that he has labeled Beyond the Pale. Now, he went into a nice description here about Beyond the Pale. So this deck is a Zoe Diana Pantheon deck. He's only running one copy of Pantheon, and I think that's important. So his description is, before, if, you, if you're new to the game, previously, there is a card. It's still in the game. I shouldn't say previously, but there was a card in the game called Pale Cascade. It's a two-mana burst spell in Targon that gives you a plus one, plus one, and if, if it's not the first card you've played this game, so off the Nightfall keyword, you get uh, it'll you draw a card, which is great. It used to be a two-cost burst spell, plus two, plus one, or a plus one, plus two. Which way was it? Uh, I don't remember. I think it was a plus two, plus one. Um, uh, yeah, plus two, plus one, draw a card. That's what so it was. Yep. It, it was a little bit more buffed, and it was one of the strongest cards in the game. So he talked about how he loved using that card and when it was busted, and then they toned it down. He hadn't used it in a while. But with the faded keyword, it's essentially resurged to its power level because the faded keyword buffs the extra plus one, plus one to whatever unit it is that you're playing Pale Cascade on. So it's back to a really good power level, and he made this deck to use that. Originally, he made it as a Zoe Pantheon deck, but over time, decided to slot in the Diana Nightfall package to give a little bit uh, of a different flavor to it. I also tried to make a Diana Pantheon deck, and I really wasn't that successful, so I'm happy to see that somebody did uh, and came mm. up kind of with the same idea that, uh, that I had in my head. Um, so it's run Zoe, Diana, Pantheon, uh, the followers that he's got, He's got Saga Seeker, so the, the new one-cost faded follower. Uh, Crescent yep, Guardian for some strong. Nightfall. Brightsteel Protector. Uh, three copies okay. of, of Brightsteel Protector for some some uh, some barrier. And then wound, the Wounded White Flame card that you've been talking about. So another really good yep. um, target for, for spells. And then the rest of it is spells. If I'm looking, I think about 25 of his 40 cards in here have got to be spells. I mean, there's a lot in here. That, that are spells Interesting. because you always want to have something to play on your targets to continue to buff them. Um, sure. He, so he's got Heavens Aligned, uh, which is the, the the Daybreak and Nightfall card that'll help you draw stuff. So it's a draw I engine. think it's interesting that he's using Diana at all, to be honest. I think, Di I mean, I think that Diana's cool, and the Nightfall package, if you can find the right shell for it, is, is really good. I like that this is also Diana, not in an aggro deck, because the last time I, the last couple times I've seen Diana played, it was Diana and um, uh, in, in the Shadow Isles kind of uh, versions um, that it, it, with the aggro deck that kind of felt a little bit with Nocturne that felt a bit 
I don't know, just uninteresting to me after a while. So to see this being played with Pantheon in a little bit of maybe more of a mid-rangey deck is really cool. Uh, Golden Aegis and Sharp Sight. Um, so Sharp Sight with so a buff and maybe deal with Elusives. Golden Aegis for some Rally. Uh, Concerted Strike to deal with some hard-to-target uh, units. I can see why this deck works. Um, I, I apply... Yeah. It's kind of like an all-in, and you can kind of go all... Diana can remove stuff in the early game, which is really interesting. You're consistently buffing, which means... I mean, Pantheon can be sort of a win strategy mm -hmm. in and of himself, right? Oh, yeah, and, I, and I'd imagine he is. I'd imagine he is at some point as as he comes down probably around turn five and turn six. And by the way, I was looking at a previous version um, just a second ago. I was wrong. Concerted Strike is not in the deck anymore. He, he created an updated version that kind of twitched it for single combats, and he's running some Hush and... Uh, some Zenith Blades for Overwhelm and all that. Uh, so, But overall, this is a really cool deck. It's a low-cost combo deck for anybody that really wants to uh, to play uh, something a little bit more accessible as a combo deck, but it's also very different right now. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want to check it out because anything that uses Diana, I, I've honestly wanted to craft Prismatic Diana mm -hmm. for a while. Um, and so anything that requires me to use Diana, like I'm pretty happy with that. So I want to check out that deck as well, because I've been I, like Pantheon was the champion I was least excited about and had, actually has been the one I've probably had. I, I don't even want to like Tenen is so much fun to play. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. He is so much fun to play. Um, but Pantheon is a close second. He's he's a ton of fun as well. The last thing I'll say about this deck is I really like Six Summit's evaluation of Pantheon. So he's a new champion here, and I feel like we're always tempted to put automatically put three copies of, of a new card in here because we think it's new. It must be overpowered, right? I think Pantheon is good, as we've talked about, but three copies might be a bit much. So I applaud him for of playing enough Pantheon evaluating the power level or the way that Pantheon might fit better in this deck. He might be worth two or three copies in another deck, but as a kind of late hit final win condition card, he doesn't want to see two or three Pantheon show up in his hand in turn four or turn five without having him leveled up yet. So he's running one copy to hopefully see in the late game or not clog his hand. If he does see it early to when he gets leveled, he can drop him and hopefully close out a game. So I really like that he cut it down to one card and said, this is the strategic way that I want to play Pantheon. He's going to be my closer. One copy is all I need. So uh, applauds to him for, to Six Summit for, for kind of thinking that way. I think that's a really one good way you, to evaluate new champions. One thing you are wrong about, though, is he's not actually winning this game uh, with Pantheon. Uh, he wins the game with Wounded White Flame. You missed <laughs> no. that three cost you might that actually right. wins the game. I mean, Wounded White Flame with Zenith Blade is, is scary as, as all get nutty. out. It is absolutely insane. Like, if you skip turn one, turn two, play that, Zenith Blade it, like, it becomes what? So it gets a plus a four, one, six, plus right? one. Uh, yeah, one, two, three, four, and then it's four, five, six, seven. Oh, it's four, a four, seven. seven. Four, seven with Overwhelm. 4-7 with Overwhelm and Fury, and every time and you target it, it gets plus one, plus one. Yeah. My like, good, good night. He's like, like you can't kill it. You absolutely cannot kill it. Like, it's just crazy. Um, That is like, it's so funny, because it's like, Cannon and Wounded White Flame are the standout cards from this set. Like, the, and I love, by the way, I like, it was so frustrating to play against, but I think Wounded White Flame is really good for the game. 
like on a not talking about champions, I think that card, when I talk about like needing staple cards that are really strong, that you can sort of build around, that aren't shoehorned into a really specific strategy and also are not champions, Wounded White Flame and the card that buffs all the Thousand Tail guy that lets you draw two cards are kind of the two type of cards that I'm talking about. And if there's anything that I'm most excited for about the set, Cannon's absolutely amazing. Pantheon's a tremendous amount of fun. Rumble's super cool. Ari's confusing, but interesting and makes you think. All of that stuff is amazing, right? Wounded White Flame in the Thousand Tail is a design direction that I love for this game. I wish that, I hope, I hope that they adjust quickly enough that Ezreal Kennen does not give this expansion a black eye because in my opinion, this is the best thing I've seen since Bilgewater. This is a great expansion. I really do love it. Um, I think there's a, a there's an interaction that needs to be be tweaked down, but overall, this is a, in a great infusion into the game. Yeah, yeah, and, and I... I don't say that lightly either because I loved this game in Bilgewater and my excitement for it had waned. Um, I've streamed this game every day since this set has come out. Um, well, not every day. Every day that I've streamed, I've streamed this. And uh, and I usually stream it once a week because I do feel some obligation to it and I'm playing other things throughout the week. And right now, this is the game that I want to play over MMOs, over... Uh, over TFT right now, over other games. Like, this is the game that I'm wanting to play, and I have not felt like that. It hasn't... I felt like that after Bilgewater. Um, I haven't felt like that since probably the closing expansion of Targon. It's been a year. It's been a year since this has been my game of preference above all others. Well, I've always played it, but, but like that's just where I've been. Your heart's so. back into it now. Yeah, I really like it. Yeah. But the, we need to close out the show because it's been an hour and a half. Go but, ahead. Uh, let's jump into the last section, Mark's Cosmetic Closet. No more holding back! Okay, guys, in Mark's Cosmetic Closet, we do look at new cosmetics that you can pick up for the game. And the reason I pick Mark's Cosmetic Closet is for a couple of reasons. There are new skins, but... In the other reason is because there's actually three new skins, but when you go to the skin shop, there's only two new skins, and they did not advertise this well or tell many people this, but as a Christmas bonus right now, if you purchase kings and LOR, kings, crown, coins, <laughs> what game are we playing? Uh, uh, Legends coins. of uh, uh, Grovel. Runeterra. Um, if you buy coins and LOR, any size pack, Five bucks, I think, is the cheapest, right? Uh, five U.S. dollars mm -hmm. um, for, yeah, for 475 points. You will be gifted the Tristana skin. Am I right about that? Yes. I, did, yep. I didn't the know Tristana this. Skin. This is news to me. Yep. If you, if you purchase any amount of coins right now, you will be gifted the, the Tristana uh, elf skin. It's called the Tristana Skin Coin Bundle. It could, you can look at it in events uh, on your main page. Most people do not even know that it's here. It's literally not even said in the store. I don't think anywhere, unless it's the bottom of the skins page. It's not. You literally cannot find information about it in the store. But right now, if you go in and you buy any amount of coins, you can oh, get shoot. the Tristana skin. Wow, you're correct. 
I did yeah. not know this. Wow, they did not they did not talk about this well. They did not talk about this. Like I saw somebody uh somebody from our Discord, Matrum, uh our our league admin right now. Um he bought coins to buy uh, the Bandle City board. And he's like, I did not, I just randomly got the Tristana skin, had no idea how he got it. Here, if you go to news, uh, under part of the news, it right. says that Tristana, and if you click on her skin, so it's worth it. You know, if you were going to buy some coins anyway around Christmas time to get another skin, you can get the Tristana skin with it. Um, but with that, we also got an Ari skin, Winter Queen Ari, um, which is kind of like if you, if you mixed Ari with Elsa from Frozen, and then also made her about three and a half times as busty as Elsa. Um, you would get Winter Queen Ari. Um, right on all accounts. Yep. This is probably the most sexual they have made any of their female champions. Which, if I understand the, Other the than community's uh, infatuation with Ari, is, I guess, online with what how people view Ari in other games. So... I mean, it, it. I don't think it's over the top, but they've definitely made a statement. Yes. Yeah, I mean, who rides a frozen wolf in that low cut of a top is my question. It's cold, it's cold outside. outside. What, are you, what are you doing? You know, you don't have ice powers. You have uh, lore, lore powers. Yes, I think that people are, you know, I think that people are uh, attracted to Ari uh, in, in LOR, so... That that's probably why she's like that in this. Well, DBN but, is attracted to the Santa Brom skin, as we promised we would yeah. talk about. He, yep. he so is, if you like Ari, maybe you'll like that, but let's talk about Santa Brom. Santa Brom is where it's at. It's yes. This is the card we've been waiting for. We have been we I was so disappointed when we didn't get a beach brom skin yep. that had like a bunch of poros all around that was worth it, right? There was so much missed opportunity. To have just a super dope pool Braum skin when all that, yep. that summer package was coming out. So yeah, it was like carrying a, a giant like uh, umbrella or something as a shield. Sure. Yes, or a giant Poro fluffed is like riding a wave or something. Like this is what we needed. We needed Poros and horns as reindeer and Santa Braum and his his pecs coming to save the day and give children give children presents. And this is the perfect lighthearted skin that we needed. Um, I love it. This might be the first skin that I buy because a lot of the skins are really expensive and there's a really yeah, cool they are. new level up animation to Santa Brom might be the one that I finally pulled the trigger on and just say, look, job well done, Riot. I'm, I'm in. Yeah, I, can you gift skins in this yet? Because if you wish. can gift them, I, I don't think that you can because then because it would be cool if you could gift them. Because I would like surprise gift it to DBN or something. So I would surprise uh, so gift one to the Discord if and to do like a raffle or something like that. But yeah, I think you have to kind of give away like a gift card or something in order to make it work. Boom. But um, yeah, yeah, it's super cool though. I think the bra the Braum skin was just spot on. What is he carrying for a shield in this? Is he because it should be a cookie. Uh, it's like a bale of hay. Is it a bale, or is he not even really carrying a shield? He's, he's got just... a bucket, and then he's got a bale of hay, and then at one point he's got like a sack of presents. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. There's there's a point where he's like going to feed the reindeer. He's like so jacked, it's insane, right? He's like he's this cut. old, 
super cut Santa Claus, right? Um, I think this is a really cool skin. He's and you Santa can pick cowboy. up the winter board. Yes, he is. Yes, he's a... And you can still pick up the Santa board, too. Oh, and a Santa board is also really cool. Boards are always where I am. Like, I'm always a sucker for a really cool board. Um, And I've yep. thought about this one. This one has intrigued me. I love Christmas time and the holidays as well. So to, to see all of like the nice, like really cool pine trees in the snow and they're essentially skating on ice, the nice kind of like etched in like presents and things um, in there. I, I think it's really cool. I've, I've thought about getting it. I haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I might, I just might. Can I, can I express one thing that is a slight disappointment that I think sure. they, I mean, they gave us the Tristana skin if you buy coins, right? So, that that is very generous, and I and I totally I I really appreciate that. And I probably literally will buy coins just because I don't have enough right now for the next event pass. So I'll probably buy enough to get the next event pass now, just because I get a free skin with it. So why not? Right. Um, I really wish that this came with uh, a guardian that was one of the little poros with the reindeer ears, reindeer horns. Missed opportunity, honestly. Yeah, I because how hard could have that have been to create? You could just have done the normal Poro, normal in, animations, stick the reindeer horns on him and give him with this package for Christmas. And I think that more people buy it, right? The, because you get you get a little bit extra, but it goes with Brahm and it just feels weird to have like all of these little Christmas Poros. And then like, I think that the Christmas Guardian is... He's something completely different, isn't he? He's like a, uh, oh, there's a, there's a Yeti. Is there, does he come with the, is there a, does he, is there one that comes with the Christmas board? Is that how you get him? I don't think he, no, I think that, are you talking about Oompa? No, not Oompa. He was like a little monkey. He was like a little, he was like a Santa hat. Oh no, maybe there isn't, is there not a guardian? It's just the card back. I, I don't think there's a guardian that uh, this go around. Well, no, but last Christmas there was, right? Oh, okay, yeah. last Christmas had Snow Day, but was there a Guardian that came with Snow Day? Because there's a Snow Day card back, which is like a little Yeti with like, I think it's a Yeti with the Poros and the reindeer ears. So you could get like the Snow Day card back and you could get like the I think the there Snow was, Day but board. I don't think it's in the shop anymore. Yeah, but you, you would miss Oompa. I think it came if you bought like a package last year. Like if you bought the board with the card back last year, you maybe got the guardian as well for like a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, so you, you, I mean, you could go, could go all Christmas. You can't go all Christmas because you can't get the Christmas guardian anymore, which is kind of a bummer. Yeah. But still really cool. I, I think that the Brom skin is super fun and really awesome. And, um, I mean, if you like playing Brom and you like Christmas, this is the one for you. Um, the only other cosmetics that we got, we got a couple of new emotes. They're not bad. Kenan, is probably a B tier emote. Um, the Ari emote, yeah, C tier maybe. I was like, like, I was like, you are the you are the emote expert, so you you got to be the one to rate them. I'm not, I'm not really. The Ari emotes like C tier, D tier. It's, it's not great. Um, the Kennedy emote I bought. I I really like the Kennedy emote. I think it's funny. Probably a B tier emote. Um, and then we did get a Ari card back. Which is I like bad. the Ari card back. No, I think the Ari card back's actually really pretty. I think if you like Ari, this actually goes really well with if you played in the very first event, the Spirit Blossom event, and you have all of that stuff unlocked. 
playing Ari with Spirit Blossom stuff and maybe the Spirit Blossom board in this card back would be a great look. Yeah, I, I could see that. It's very kind of flowery and naturey and um kind of fits fits that vibe very well. Same kind of color yeah. palette. And you love boards. What did you think about this Ari board that we got? Um, it's like the water and it looks like a koi pond almost. I thought it was very peaceful. Um I didn't buy it yet. I, I don't know what board I'm going to buy. Now, I'll, the reason that I haven't bought it yet is because I already have a uh, a board. Like, this is still, like, this is right on, like, very, kind of very on brand for being, like, almost like a very peaceful and kind of gentle Ionia-feeling board. And I already have the Lee Sin board, which is very much yeah, similar so in that way. With the 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 abundance of trees kind of covering the around, around of the board, and it's very grass, almost like a like a like a meadow. So I've mm-hmm. I've already got something similar to that. So I, I'm trying to diversify because I'm not going to buy every board. I'm trying to diversify my board so that way I have a vibe for everything. So the snowy one, I don't have anything Frailyard based or snow based. So the the snowy See, I glade, own the board, the snowy glade board intrigues me a bit more i think that might be the one of the two that i pull just because it's a bit more unique for what i currently own mm. Mm. yeah yeah i own the lee sin board too that's the only thing that makes me hesitate because i'm like if i go play ionia i what play lee sin board yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna pick this Honestly, if there was a cannon board, I might be more prone to buy it. oh if there was like um, because... lightning crashing all around and it was like yeah a bit more intense oh i would absolutely be about it yeah like a cool lightning cannon board i think that that could have been really cool um honestly even like a rumble board like if it was like mech parts lying around and it looked like a junkyard and there was smoke rising up and stuff i think that could be cool um i mean obviously the team's limited in how many cosmetics they can make for now i'll stick with my sentinel sanctuary riven version um because that's just my favorite one so <laughs> Uh, between that and the Lunar New Year one, like I, I rarely change off of one of those two still, um, unless I'm playing a Frailure deck, which is far and fewer between these days because they're not very good. Um, okay, man, I think that's it, right? Like uh, we, we've covered all of it. It's been a long episode, but a good one. Yeah, one that would, one that needed to happen and one that I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed talking about. But yeah, I think it's about time to get out of here. Now you two are two champions for next week. I will say I, I'm interested to know what they are. Um, for two champs in a hat. Uh, and it's probably going to be in two weeks from now. Um, I'm just trying to think, like, next week is Christmas week. We're probably going to do a mulligan episode next week, I would think. Yeah. Um, just to hang out with DBN. We might honestly take the 27th off because it's, like, two days after Christmas. We'll see if we're really feeling it. So you guys might not be getting more LOR content until the new year. So, But we'll be around. There'll definitely be an episode, at least, of the mulligan that's going to come out between now and the new year. Um, I just don't know if they'll get another LOR one or not. Yeah, so possibly um, to kick off the new year or or close the year out, depending on what we do with schedule-wise, we will be building a deck that you and I will face off. Kenan and Ezreal. No, <laughs> absolutely not. You stop it. We are going to be using uh, Aphelios, someone we haven't uh-huh. talked about for a while. Um, oh, sorry, I actually lost what the other one was. Um, I remember what it is. Go ahead and tell me. Trundle. Yes, Aphelios and Trundle. We will be doing Aphelios and Mr. Trundle. 
who hasn't been talked about what, in a while too. So that's, that's, neither of them have been. So that's cool. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Trundle sort of got nerfed and then quit being good. Um, Aphilios got nerfed and quit being good as well. There was a time when both of these champions were really good. Um, but Aphilios kind of got nerfed into Oblivion. Trundle, not into Oblivion, um, but he was like a 5-6 originally, wasn't he? Or a 4-6? Some, like, he like was, that. I think he was like a 5-6. He was, four, yeah, 4-6 or 5-6. Like, he was... He was very difficult to get rid of when he first came out and uh, kind of wish he was still that good because yeah. Freljord could use a good mid-range champion right now. Um, yeah, excited to play those two. Uh, uh, Gibbles and I will be checking that out together. Um, yeah, come back uh, around Christmas time for the next episode of Legends Cast. Probably going to be talking the mulligan. Anything else, uh, Gibby, before we get out of here? Let's go. Happy holidays to everybody, all of our Legends Cast yep. Uh, fans and fan base and listeners thank you very much for for making this year uh, a fantastic time i am happy to have joined the podcast and be podcasting with uh with dbn and, and mark for you all um i've it's been probably one of the greatest experiences that i've had in in recent years so um i appreciate all of you i'm very thankful for all of you i hope everybody has a happy holidays whatever you are choosing to celebrate this holiday season and I look forward to uh, starting off the new year uh, with you all for LOR. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, guys, thank you so much for tuning in and listening. Come and join us on Discord. Check us out on Patreon as well. We appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas, y'all. Happy New Year. And uh, if, uh, if we don't see it for LOR content between now and then, have a great one. We appreciate you. And uh, be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.